Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Mike Young. Mike, you're the founder of The Makeover Master, and you're the host of The Made Over Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Josh, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, one thing you've got a good one is, and that's a story, uh, you know, and I feel like, you know, I love a successful business person that has a great origin story and they built what they have today based on their own life experience. And I'm wondering if you could just go ahead and share, you know, kind of where you came from and how you became the makeover master. Yeah, you know, I, I think I started a, like a lot of entrepreneurs start, you know, you you wanted that entrepreneurial dream where uh, money somehow magically arrives in your bank account, doing something that you love to do so you can spend the majority of your time with your family and friends, you know. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't realize it was going to take me so dang long and be so hard. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I ran a mortgage company. I, I spent the first 23 years of my life thinking I was going to play pro baseball. Um, I was, I was very, uh, what I would say is, is single driven. I would, I would, didn't have a plan B. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I ended up my senior year in college. I recognized I wasn't going to play pro ball. I, I fell into the mortgage industry cause I had a friend in it at the time. Uh, I, I never really wanted to follow other people's rules. So we thought it would be a good idea to start our own mortgage company and, ah, and, and why grew. Not? <laughs> it was, it was great for a while. Uh, we, we grew, you know, that to, to 10 offices, 250 employees in five years from scratch. Uh, right before, we were highly leveraged right before the crash of 2008. And that, that took me from liquid millionaire where I was kind of quote unquote living the American dream, you know, house, cars, money, stuff. Um, and, and went to $200,000 in debt, <clears throat> excuse me, in like less than six month period. And so wow. I... So I so what, what was it that happened? So it, it being in the real estate and I, I, I know we have a lot of listeners are pretty savvy about real estate and a lot of took, a lot of people took some big baths during that time. Yeah. So what, what was it exactly that happened? Uh, you How know, did someone go I, I, from, you know, that level of, uh, you know, assets to that massive liability? Yeah. You know, uh, we had, we had all these offices, all these employees. And so, mm. so what it, what it kind of felt like from, uh, on the personal level that I think a lot of people can relate to is we had a lot of monthly stuff that we had to pay for. And so when the revenue yeah. revenue declines really fast and you have a big nut that you've got to cover every month, uh, things can get very ugly very soon yeah. or very early, you know, very quickly. Yeah. And, and that's what happened. I began dumping all my personal assets into the business uh, to pay employees, to pay leases, uh, yeah. to try and keep things afloat. And before you know it, in like six months, I was out of money and, and then things get interesting. You know, you're, you're sitting at home alone wondering what the hell do I do next? Yeah. Were you to do it differently? Would you say, I'm not going to try and bail this thing out. I'm just going to like dissolve everything and not try to save it. And I wonder, here's my question. 
Was it ego that got in your way because you didn't want to fail and you felt like you could turn this thing around? I would say, I don't know if it was ego as much as maybe pride. And I am right, a very, right, right. Em- empathetic person. And so I felt like it was my responsibility to, do impl- to pay employees first, to pay leases yeah. first before I took care of myself. Mm. Um, and would I do it differently? I don't think so. Um, I still, I mean, from the money standpoint, probably I would, I would say, Hey, this is clearly going to go under. Um, there's no, of course sp- we're talking with hindsight now. So yeah, it's, yeah. we can't, we can't see the future. I, and you know, it's really interesting. So you and I have kind of somewhat similar experiences with uh, my other company. So we were, we were a seven figure year company and like, it was fantastic. And then, you know, we just, people just lost interest in couponing, which is what, what we had built a, a, a fortune doing. Um, and uh, again, we ultimately, we ended up kind of pivoting. Okay. But not with now without having to go through the crucible, <laughs> we had some, yeah, you know, I, I found myself like, I, I essentially exited the mortgage company. I was lucky enough to have five business partners that I could kind of see the writing on the wall. I was, mm. I was, working long hours. I was miserable. Uh, so I actually left the mortgage company about five min- months before it officially went under. Um, but I just found myself in an office at, at home alone, uh, wondering what the heck am I going to do next? And I think, I think looking back, I was delusional because I thought it was going to be super easy. Mm. Um, I just thought this will be super easy to recreate small team, less complexity on my own. Yeah. I had this massive thing. Uh, and it was anything but for me. What was uh, obviously emotionally, this is just, mm. I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, to go from, you know, basically your millionaire status to $200,000 in debt. So then emotionally, how do you cope with that? I coped with it in a very interesting way. Uh, well, and I think, I don't know, people cope with different things in different ways. They, they try to escape when they're in places of pain and, and they don't want to be where they're at. Uh, so I'm glad that I didn't choose like heroin or meth or, or something like that. Yeah, thank uh, you. We're, we're glad to have you alive and on the show. <laughs> but uh, I chose to cope with it. I, was, I had built my identity around the fact that I was always told you go to high school, you go to college, you start a business, you get a big house and you'll be happy. Yeah. And I built my identity around that. So it felt like stripping my identity away. And I chose to cope with it by digging into the next business and buying books and courses and knowledge products and going to events. But I was never actually taking the action to put myself back out in the marketplace again. And so my coping mechanism was if I'm learning all this stuff, I'm actually developing myself or growing my business. But it was really this fear of if I put myself fully back out there, God, God forbid I might fail again. Um, and so that was my coping mechanism. I ended up before I knew it, I was eight and a half years in, I'd spent $200,000 buying books, courses, knowledge, products, events, and still at the end of the day, my business in 2014 was not working. Um, and so I was, I was frustrated, broke, depressed, and, and very shameful at the time. Uh, yeah. 
are you, you have you have family um I, I saw that uh yeah and then i you know again family wise it's i i know what that's like and having failed you know i've been through bankruptcy i've lost two homes you know foreclosure uh short sale and um as a guy you know just culturally <laughs> i i can't tell you like i'll speak for myself like i felt like such a loser mm. and you know having to go back and live with my in-laws and i had two you know young children at the time and um, it just sucks. You know, it really, really we're, does. We're similar. I think we're similar ages anyway in the, mm-hmm. in the ballpark. And and you're growing up with this, you know, yeah. don't show your emotion. Don't cry. Yeah. Don't ask for directions. You know, guys, we're, we provide, we're the providers for the family. So when you're, when you're not able to provide for the family, you do, that was the internal dialogue going on. What I'm a loser. I, I suck. I'm not good. You know, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or what I was told growing up that I was supposed to be doing. Um, so it's an, it's not the funnest place to be when you're telling yourself that you suck and you're a loser all the time. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Mike, mm. I hate to have labored on that for so long because you have such an amazing, I don't mind now <laughs> rise from the ashes Phoenix story. So I'm sorry now that let's take us take all take a breath. And now we talk about, you know, what, you know, what this, how this informed you and, and how this propped you up to kind of make you the kind of person you are. Like, you know, like I remember, so I've done some speaking with Tony Robbins organization, you know, in Tony's events of business mastery, he talks about, no, this is a date with destiny. He talks about, you know, if you're going to blame, let's say you want to blame your parents because, you know, they were, re, you know, in his case, they were abusive. His mom was abusive to him. And so he's like, you know, I blame her, but I blame her elegantly mm-hmm. uh, because I, I like who I am today. And yeah, it was hard and it's not fair. And no, no, no child should ever have to go through that. But today I I love who, you know, it's like, I made this Tony, you know, I made who I am today as a result of my past experiences. So your past experiences made you who you are today. And you've gone on to be able to help tens of thousands of thousands of other people as a result of your experience. So what did you do to turn it around? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're a hundred percent like spot on there. It's like the, the obstacles and the resistance that we all face that that's, those are the moments that you create your skills, your character, um, your value Mm -hmm. system, all those things come from that. Um, what I did to turn it around was remarkably simple in hindsight. I, I stopped for a moment to ask myself the real questions, which is why, why am I not getting the results I want after all this knowledge and all these things I'm doing, why is it still not working? Mm-hmm. Uh, to come to the conclusion that the the real problem was in between my ears. Um, it was, really? yeah, it was, so, it was. So, so many people will argue that it's tactics. It's mm-hmm. not psychology. And I, I, I disagree with that. Why would you disagree with that? The tactics are easy when you cross over to the other side. Once you kind of get through, uh, I think it was, um, I realized that it was, it was a self-worth thing. It was a self-love thing, a self-acceptance thing is that internal dialogue of I'm a loser. I'm not worth it. I, I deserve to suffer because I cost other people money in the past, um, cost employees their jobs. And so it was, it was this, uh, decade long suffering of I'm not good enough to allow money and success and things to come back into my life. And once I recognized that, I began reading like, you know, Dr. Phil and Brene Brown and, and <laughs> Garrett White books and, you know, Tony Robbins and Wayne Dyer and, and really processing like what's going on, what's the story I'm telling myself internally. 
Um, and, and the, the simple shift was the moment that I decided to swallow my ego or pride, whatever you want to call it. Um, and simply raise my hand and ask for help and just say, I'm stuck. I'm frustrated. I need some help here. And, and I asked for help in two very, uh, succinct areas. I recognized I had a mindset issue and I recognized I, I didn't quite know what I was doing on the copywriting, marketing, advertising side of Hmm. things yet. Um, and so I asked for, for help and got two direct mentors and that that's what turned everything around. Wow. Mm. Uh, so do you, what was, uh, if you can think of like one teacher and mm. when you read it, you're like, man, light bulb, like Wayne Dyer, like everyone you mentioned are just phenomenal, phenomenal teachers. Mm. But can you think of one in particular that was really kind of one of those uh, aha moments for you where you like you, that you recognize some massive clarity? For me, for me, it was actually Garrett White, um, and I, I believe now it's because our stories were so similar. Yeah. He, he had mortgage company lost, whatever, and he'd, he'd rebuilt it into, you know, he called it his uh, warrior book or his black book, I think it was at the time, and, and I bought it because I was trying to figure out how am I marketing and advertising my company, and he had a $100 book, and so I was I was... <laughs> super curious at how he was able to charge a hundred bucks for a book. Um, but then when I read his story is, his, his warrior book should be called how men can uh, get real with themselves and process their feelings. And, but he'd never sell a damn book, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> that's what it was styled. Um, and I was reading this book and it was like, it was like living my, my journey over again. And I said, if that's, this guy can do it, I can do it too. And that was yeah. a big light bulb for me. Wow. Uh, so where did you start earning kind of, you, you, I mean, the fact is, I mean, you've got this massive debt. So how, where, how did the, do, how do you make sense of the dollars and cents? Yeah. So, um, the, the 200 grand that I ended up spending in courses and books and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it actually came because in 2008 to 2012, I was trying almost any business idea that came to my head with a business partner at the time. Uh, so we would say maybe it's maybe it's uh, automated emails for real estate agents, or maybe it's coaching for the mortgage professionals. And so we'd have an idea, we'd create a logo, we'd create a social media, we'd create a website, and we'd go try and sell our idea. Hmm. Um, between that time frame, I, I started fifty different business ideas. Oh my gosh! Wow. Um, Forty-seven of them flopped. Yep. And and I became fascinated with why did these forty-seven fail? And why did these three, we had three that took off and did pretty well, but I was taking every dollar that came into my account and I was kind of reinvesting back into myself. So I was taking all the money and just buying the next book, buying the next course. And, and I was trying to figure out the online game. I think is that was the story I was telling myself, how do I, how do I run this from home online and spend time with my family and friends? Um, and so that's, that's how the dollars and cents made sense to me was, I'm, I'm reinvesting in myself. I'm growing, I'm learning and all those things. Um, and then it got to this place in, in 2015 where I was, I was still, it still wasn't quite working the way I wanted it to. Um, and I was just like, I, I need some help. I need some help to kind of, to break the seal or cross over to the next barrier. Yeah. You know, I think that that's so powerful that, uh, you know, again, uh, especially, so I have a military background and, uh, you know, I think, you know, one thing I see 
I see this a lot, you know, and I think I see this a lot with high achievers is that they are afraid to ask for help because Mm -hmm. then that somehow is an admission that we're weak and we're not capable. Um, As men, maybe we don't ask for help from our wives, uh, you know, or our partners um, in that way. And, um, but for you, this is where it all really changed is when you reached out and asked for that help. So yeah, and it's, it's the, and it's the exact opposite, right? Like in hindsight, it's the, it's the moment of complete strength. It's you, you tell your story that you're being weak by asking for help, but that's mm-hmm. actually the exact opposite. It's, it's, that's the mo- those are the people that people look up to. Like I, I'm proud, you know, I have, I have people that were in certain moments of my life. that are like, you had such courage to ask for help and do what you did. Um, and, and I think from military background, you kind of take that OODA loop, right? It's like, you've got to, you got to kind of orient and then you've got to decide what you're going to do and, and you've got to take some action and then you've got to kind of observe what's going on and kind of repeat that cycle. Um, and somewhere along the journey, I fell in love with the process of, I stopped trying to get somewhere and I just said, this is a, a never ending journey, a never ending process. There is no, there is no quote unquote entrepreneurial dream that I had envisioned in 2008. It was, it was always going to be an evolution and there's always going to be obstacles and solutions you have to create. Yeah. Um, So tell me about the business then. Where does it start? Where does it start? um, You know, where, where, where do you start and, and how do you start kind of picking up momentum? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think for me, everything, like you said in the beginning, everything's built around my own experiences. Um, for me, it was my business was stuck and not working. And so that's what we help business owners do. If, if they're too close to their own problems and they can't seem to figure out why things aren't working, we, we come in and we help them figure out strategy-wise what's missing or what's stuck and we get the business working. And then we have a branding component to our business Um which is once it once it is working, let's make it pretty and professional and look the part. Yeah. And so, uh, and that was I think I got that backwards in the beginning. I was always making things pretty and professional oh, with logos yeah. and stuff, uh, but the business wasn't working. And so, after wasting a lot of money, you realize like this is a little bit backwards. Shouldn't we get the business working before we make it pretty? Um, and so that's that's really it. Is is we help people that can't kind of see their, the forest through the trees. Uh, we help them discover what are the blind spots that are holding them back. Um, let's get the business working and then let's make it, make it pretty after that. Yeah. Can you kind of take us through what a five minute business blind spot challenge is? Yeah, it's, it's simply, I mean, to put it very bluntly, it's a review. It's a, it's a social media and website review. There's, there's very simple things that a lot of people miss. Um, Primarily when the business isn't working, it comes down to three issues that they're not collecting enough leads into the business consistently. They're attracting leads, but they're the wrong leads that it should never be a fit and make it through your, your systems. Uh, or they're not able to close the leads that they're getting. And <clears throat> there's hundreds of reasons that those things get creative, but it primarily comes down to four. Uh, number one is credibility issues. People see your stuff and they simply don't believe you do what you say you do. Wow. Uh, number two is copy and offer. Number three is the process and flow you're putting prospects through. Um, I see clients that have 112 steps when there only needs to be nine. And I see, <laughs> I, I see clients that have two steps when there needs to be nine um, yeah. or, or seven. And, 
and then the, the final issue is I see a lot of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that, that butcher their sales calls. Uh, they're talking way too much about products and features and that's not why people buy. Right. So what do, why do people buy? <clears throat> they buy on instinct and emotion. Um, wow. they, they, they have a belief. They buy on instinct and emotion and they justify it with logic. Oh, and, sure. And they buy what the, they buy your product or service if they think it will get them closer to what their core desire is. Mm -hmm. And so this, this butchering of sales calls, oftentimes you're, you're displaying all these products and features and you're talking, but it's, it's getting them to use the logic center of their brain as they're mm -hmm. thinking about all your products and features and they're buying centers in a completely different region of their brain. And so we've got to, we've got to kind of shut up and listen to the client, mm -hmm. get them to articulate their problems and then give them the belief that your product or service can get them closer to what they actually want. Yeah. So, um, for example, so if we were to, um, you know, if I'm chatting with a client and we say, well, listen, you know, I've been in the press over 2000 times, I can help you get there as well. Uh, but tell me why you'd want to be able to be seen and celebrated like that. You know, why do you want to go from invisible to seen and celebrated? You know, what emotionally, what is that going to give you when you're featured on TV? And then, you know, all these audiences get to hear the message you have to share. So something like that, right? Very, very much like that. And, and what have you tried before that hasn't worked? And so oh, you're, you're kind yeah. of, you're getting them to admit what they've tried hasn't worked, uh, all the things that aren't working and their problems, and then how they would feel if they solve those problems. And then you simply offer them a solution and say, well, my product and service can solve that for you. Would you like to buy it? <laughs> so that's a really powerful question. What have you tried in the past that hasn't worked? Mm. And then shut up and listen. Because <laughs> I think, a, what are they telling you when they answer that question? Yeah, and, and that is, that's, they're, they're uh, on sales calls, they're providing you ammunition. Um, they're, th everything they're telling you is, is all of the things going on in their head that you just have to simply solve for. And then it's, it's the moment, like if we all had the same values, if we all had the exact same values, there would never be a sale. In, in the world globally, because mm -hmm. you would never get to the point where someone values money more than a solution or whatever. We value things differently. Yeah. And so the moment a sale occurs is the moment that they value the solution to their problem more than the money that they're, they're handing over to solve it. Yeah. Mike, uh, tell us a little bit more about your book. Mm. The book, the book came because I started when I recognized the problem was inside my ears, I started meditating and journaling and, and really kind of, I, I don't do this as often anymore, but I was, I was controlling my mornings a lot better mm -hmm. and I was processing all of my thoughts and emotions. Um, and I was journaling for the better part of a year and I kind of looked down one day and I was like, gosh, this, this stuff that's coming out can really help somebody that is where I was in 2008. Um, and so I just had that thought one day of like, I think this is a book. And, and it, was, it was the feeling that I was, I was so frustrated in 2014, 15, that how can I help others avoid this eight and a half years? How can I, you know, it certainly doesn't have to take that long and it certainly doesn't have to cost as much as it cost me. Um, so 
So I just started writing a book. I found a friend, uh, Elizabeth Lyons, who helped me ghostwrite it because it would have never gotten done without her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just interviewed with her. She asked me questions. I interviewed and she helped me write the framework of the book. Uh, and then I went back through and, and kind of cleaned it up and made it, made it my own. You know, one thing uh, for someone who's watching or listening to our conversation, if you go to themakeovermaster.com, one thing I want you to see that Mike does, it's just, it's, you can say what you want, you know, in terms of like, you know, can Mike solve your problem, but you will never argue against the fact that Mike can solve problems. (laughs) And so one thing you do, so you've got four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. So you have 44 videos on your front page, these quick little testimonials of people whose lives you've changed. And then you have all these screenshots. You know, I I generally recommend that people have a wall of love on their front page, right? And, and, uh, you know, take, you know, take a little, you know, whatever's out on social or, you know, whatever. Uh, But you take that uh, to the nth degree. It's, I mean, it is a wall of love on steroids. Uh, and I think just if you want to see something that's going to impress the socks off of you, go take a look at Mike's front page. And again, that's themakeovermaster.com. So you can see exactly what you do. Uh, when did you start this collection? Somewhere, I don't know, somewhere around 2018, you know, I started yeah. to wreck it. Like I was having problems from the standpoint of I was I was kind of I was having meetings with clients and and having these these major breakthroughs. I was I mean I don't want to sound egotistical but I was changing lives. You know, I was I was doing what I originally set out to do which is speed up their learning curve, have their own breakthrough moments and and help them get what they wanted. Uh, but yet I was having a really hard time selling. Um, and and once I recognized I wasn't kind of eating my own cooking a little bit, which was, I wasn't displaying the fact that I'm really good at what I'm, I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And, and so once I started displaying my proof, uh, it, it made the sales process easier. Uh, the resist, like a lot of my sales calls now, when people show up on them, uh, they've already made up their mind to buy. Yeah. Um, it's almost like I have to screw up a sale at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and and so that was that's when it started was I wasn't displaying enough proof and I just began building a process where if I have a breakthrough with the client I'm going to ask for proof and uh, and I'm going to display that. So anybody else that's listening to our podcast right now you can also look for the Made Over podcast with Mike Young. You'll find it in all your podcast directories. Uh, Mike, this has been fantastic. Anything else that folks should know before we uh, sign off? You know, I, I leave a lot of my podcasts with the same advice for people. People are always asking me, like, what's the one aha or the one thing? And I would just say um, everything that you need or want or, or to make your business work is, is already inside of you. And sometimes it's as simple as deciding what you want, getting clear on that, and it's okay to ask for help. So find somebody that's already done what you're trying to do and ask them for a little bit of help or guidance or, or hire them as a mentor or coach or work for free, whatever you have to do, surround yourself with people that have already done what you're trying to do. And it's okay to ask for help. Brilliant. All right, Mike Young, again, thank you so much. Your website, themakeovermaster.com. The podcast is The Made Over Podcast. And then, uh, of course, um, 
you're, oh, I'm sorry, one more time on, on the title of your book. It's called Made Over. Made Over, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just like, it was this theme, you know, it was like I had to make over my mindset and then my own life before I started helping other people. And then, uh, so it just kind of stuck at some point. Brilliant. Mike Young, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.